Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Turn with me in your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 11. We'll do the offering and all that stuff at the end. That's what I was trying to say. <laughs> Praise God. Pastor asked me if I wanted to minister tonight after the morning service, and I said, well, if you want me to. It was so good this morning, I didn't want to mess it up, so uh, <laughs> yeah, thanks, thank you. But, uh, so I have to read this scripture. I, I keep, um, uh, the Lord keeps bringing me back to this and uh, this scripture, and um, anytime the Lord brings us back to something or emphasizes something, and, and like I said, this was specifically in my heart this afternoon, it's... Um, Either we need to get it or something we've not seen yet or maybe something I haven't seen yet. So we're all, we're all in the same boat, right? And uh, Jonathan said, it's just me. All right, thank you, Jonathan. <laughs> Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, it says, But without faith it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. The Amplified of that says, But without faith it's impossible to please and be satisfactory to him for whoever would come near to God, must necessarily believe that God exists and that he's a rewarder of those who earnestly and diligently seek him out. I like that. The New Living Bible says it's impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God, that God exists and that he's a rewarder of those who sincerely seek him. And I love the message Bible of this. It says that it's impossible to please God apart from faith. And why? Because anyone who wants to approach God must believe that he, uh, both that he exists and that he cares enough to respond to those who seek him. So, you know, Pastor this morning was talking about, uh, uh, once again, talking about the subject of revival. And he sang the song, uh, uh, you know, uh, or do you want revival or I want revival. And, and you know, really it is, a, it is a, a, an issue of, of what's important to us and where our attention is and what we value. And, uh, you know, it's all a part of, of this idea of seeking God, this pursuing after him. You know, if we're going to uh, uh, have these things and, and not just get into the beginning, but actually uh, get on into what God has for us and, and to go after the full move of what God wants to do, how many know that he is the author and the finisher of our faith, the things that we're believing for, right? And so the good work that he begins, he intends to complete these things. And, and to not just start, God is, a, is just as good a finisher as he is a starter. And, uh, but oftentimes we're, we're good at starting, but then we get distracted and don't see it through to the finishing. Now, maybe that's just me, I don't know. But um, uh, uh, God is excellent at starting, but he's also excellent at finishing. And so if we'll continue to, to go after him, that we'll get to those things. And this uh, this idea of seeking God is really what I want to talk about tonight. You know, there's so many things that are out there that are trying to get our attention every day and, and things that are after our attention every single day. And even after a morning service like we had today, there are things this afternoon that were there to get our attention. I mean, there are things that are calling for our attention everywhere we turn. And uh, that's not by, by accident. And I'll say this, not everything that's calling for our attention are bad things. And many of the things are great things, good things. But but it's all about priorities and what we're, what we're going after. Go with me over to um, Matthew. Now, these are scriptures that you know, but in Matthew chapter 6, we want to read this, Matthew the 6th chapter, and uh, just look at a couple things here. Matthew chapter 6, we'll start in the 25th verse. This is in the New King James. 
when you're there, say I'm there, Pastor Greg. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> My voice is squeaking tonight. I don't know what's going on. Matthew chapter 6, verse 25 says, Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. And are you not of more value than they? Which of you by worrying can add one cubic cubit to his stature? Worry is something that we all have to stay on top of. And, and I think sometimes we think worry is wringing your hands and it's this demonstrative thing. It's something, worry is something that just consumes your thoughts and, and something that it is a concern to you, right? And uh, he said, he said uh, uh, which of you by worrying can add one cubit to his stature? Verse 28, so why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now, if God does clothe the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, how much more will he clothe you, O ye of you of little faith? And if you just take a, a second and stop, how, many, how much of our life is spent with this kind of stuff? I mean, just thinking about pursuing, going after, uh, it's something that, and these are real needs. These are, these are real things uh, that we have need of. Obviously, we need food for the body. We need clothes as well. We need this things. You need clothes. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, we all need clothing. We need these things. We don't want to go to a nudist colony church, right? No, we don't want that. So these are things that we need. But so much of our life is just consumed with this stuff. And, and you know, one thing that, that, that just becomes more clear as I go on, you know, that as soon as you get something in these areas, you're going to want something else in the same area. It's a never-ending uh, pursuit. These things never stop. And so much of our time is caught up in these things and we get something and then suddenly we want something else because what we, what we wanted now, we want something different, right? And so there's just, a, it's a, it's a never-ending cycle on these, in this area. In verse 31, Jesus says, Therefore do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knows that you need all of these things. And see, he knows that these are things that we're needing and he's not against us wanting or even seeking after these things. But he says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and these things shall be added to you. Like I said, he doesn't have an, us a problem with needing things or wanting things or seeking after things. He just wants us to seek him first, to go after him first. Revival in our lives and moving forward in our lives really comes down to what are you pursuing first and foremost in your life. What is a thing, not that other things don't have their place and time that you spend on them and, and they, they require your attention at times, yes, but what is the predominant and the single thing that drives you? What is it, the, the pursuit total of your life? What is it that you're going after? And whatever the answer of that is, is what you're seeking first. I mean, what, is, what, is, what consumes you is where really where your heart is. The things that consume you is where your heart really is. And, and it says here, you know, we, we, we read the first verse in Hebrews chapter 11 that he cares enough to respond to those who, who diligently seek him or believe that he cares enough to respond or who will uh, sincerely seek him out. You know, our attention and what we're going after is everything. And I just want to encourage you tonight that, uh, that to, to, to make sure that your pursuit, first and foremost, is on the Lord. You know, it's possible as a church to even pursue a great service and not be pursuing him, right? I mean, this affects every area of our life. Even when we come together, we can come in and pursue and be seeking after a message and, and not seek after the messenger, right? 
I mean, it's, it's, it, they're minor things. You know, the Bible says it's the small foxes that spoil the vine. It's little things and little attitudes or little approaches or little tweaks that really keep us from experiencing God's best. It's not that it's difficult. It's not that it's difficult or it's hard. You know, we read the scripture that, you know, that he, he cares enough to respond to those who seek him. I think sometimes people have the idea that we're playing hide-and-go-seek with God. Well, that would be the worst person to play hide-and-go-seek with because he knows the best places to hide, and we can't hide at all, right? I mean, that just doesn't work. We're, there isn't this cat-and-mouse game with him. That's not the way he is. That's not the way he works. Uh, I'm going to be all over the place. Go with me over to... Um, uh, go over to Second Chronicles chapter 16. I'll skip down here. So now I'm, now I'm departing from what I wrote down, so you don't know what you're going to get now. Second Chronicles, um, the 16th chapter. See, we think that, that there's this idea that it's difficult to find or, or, you know, that it's some kind of mysterious thing. It's really not. It says here in Second Chronicles 16, it's in verse 7, it says, For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose hearts are loyal to him. Notice the eyes of the Lord are run to and fro. They're looking around. God is, you realize that God is actively looking for opportunities to move in our life. And so the seeking him is not seeking because he's hard to find or he's wanting to be evasive. That, that's, it's not hard to find. Seeking him is pushing past other things that try to get your attention right? There's where the seeking him is, is by not seeking something else. You, not that you're not interested in things and have a desire for things and pursue other things, but seeking first ought to be him and primarily him first and him alone, which should be number one. And when you do that, the eyes of the Lord, they're running all over. He is actively looking for opportunities to show himself strong on behalf of those whose hearts are loyal to him. And like I said before, what you pursue as your main thing in life is really what your heart is after, what, what consumes your thought? What is the things, the reasons why you're even seeking the other things? What's the purpose of those things? If they're there for him or to be used by him, all of that works together into pointing us into what is the ultimate thing of your life that you're going after. And when a person's heart is loyal to him, it's not easy or it's not difficult to, to respond or to find him. You know, one of the things that they talked about the first night at camp this last year, and, and I don't remember the, the service, I really don't remember the message, all of what was discussed, I really don't remember, but there was a phrase they had, was, up your expectation. And they said that, and I really don't, obviously they're talking about expecting more from God, and I don't remember all the details of, uh, of uh, how that went, and I actually looked in my notes to see what they talked about, and I didn't take notes that night. So always take notes, because you may need that later. But um, uh, they're talking about upping your expectation, and you know, when we're pursuing him, it's so important that we maintain a level of expectation that's not on our level, but it's on his level. And it's looking at the relationship from his perspective and not from ours. You know, when, when, like I said, people think it's, you know, can be a hide-and-go-seek kind of a thing or, or that it's something difficult. It's not difficult at all. God always responds when you seek him. This is good news tonight. He always responds when you seek him. And, and like I said, this is a daily thing that we have to do, and things daily are trying to get our attention. So daily, you have to make a decision to seek first the kingdom of God, to go after him and his righteousness, to go after pursuing him. People who do that 
know God. People who do that are experiencing God. People who are doing that are, are having constant fellowship with him. He is looking for opportunities to respond to you. He's looking for opportunities. You know the scripture. Go to Matthew chapter 7, Matthew the 7th chapter. Scripture we all know, but it's not in the knowing. It's being real to us, right? And actually doing it. Matthew chapter 7. Matthew, the seventh chapter, verse seven, it says, ask and it will be given to you. Let me ask you a question. Is there, uh, is, is there any, uh, uh, is there any qualifications there in this scripture? No, it says ask and it'll be given to you. Seek and you will find, knock and it will be opened to you. Notice verse eight, for everyone who asks receives and he who seeks finds and to him who knocks, it will be opened. This is just saying that if you're pursuing him, he will respond. But a lot of times, I know I've been there in the past, we approach God or even our seeking from him or going after him is on a lower level than what it should be. You realize our life is a life of faith. Even your pursuing God has got to be a thing of faith, right? I mean, you can pursue God, but if you don't expect him to answer, how many know you're not really pursuing him in faith? You mean, or say it this way, you're not really trusting that he'll respond. There's no confidence that he'll actually respond to you. It, it, it is true that it, it is possible for people to go their entire lives and seek God. They're going through the motions and their actions are right, but their heart isn't connecting because they really don't believe he'll actually respond to them. They believe he'll respond to Brother Steve or, or somebody else or, or to Grandma, but as far as to them, they really don't see it as something that God will do for them. Can I just say this? I don't care. And I don't want to seem insensitive, but I really don't care what struggles you've had in, in fellowship, communion, hearing from God, experiencing him, knowing him. It really doesn't matter what experience you've had to this point. You can't judge what God wants to do today or tomorrow based on what you experienced yesterday. Because what we experienced yesterday, if it doesn't line up with this scripture, everyone who asks receives. Everyone who knocks, it's open. Everyone who seeks, finds. If any experience you have doesn't line up with this, Every, you know, this is pretty concrete, isn't it? Ask, and it'll be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it'll be open to you. There, there's no ifs in there. There's no subplots. There's no lawyer speak, you know, at the end of a commercial. They have the little lawyerism that they have, you know, well, subject to James and certain, you know, that little deal they do that Mike Bauer's so good at, you know. Uh, uh, there's none of that in there. There's no subnotes to this. It's pretty definite. Can you all see that? And then for everyone who asks receives, he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks, it'll be open. You see, there, there is no, you, we have to look back at things, and if something doesn't line up, then it's not on God's end. It has to be on our end, right? It has to be on our end. It has to be on our end. But the good news is, if you can look back, God will show you even on your end where you missed it and what you need to do and the adjustments you need to make. And, and a lot of it is, goes back just to our expectation of actually hearing from him. Have you ever went to pray or talk to the Lord? That's really what prayer is. And you asked a question and you really didn't expect an answer. Anybody can, let's be honest. People are like, well, it's only like 12 people in this whole room. You've ever talked to the Lord about something and you really just didn't expect an answer. Ever had somebody ask you, well, pray for me. Have you ever asked somebody, well, just pray for me. And really, the just pray for me is the thing they're looking for. They're looking for you to pray. They're not looking for the answer. 
They're looking for you to do something to, to make them feel better that you care enough to pray, but they really aren't expecting anything to happen as a result of that. It's just pray for me. Right? I mean, I've had people ask me, pastors talk to this world, well, pray for me. Well, what about? They don't even know what to say. Because they were looking for the prayer, not the answer to the prayer. They were, lo- they were looking for somebody to care enough to say something, but there was, there was no expe- expectation beyond that of any kind of a response. You know, when we, when we come together, whether it be here in our personal life, seeking him, going after him, you have to up your expectation in these things. Is your expectation to just seek him? Is your expectation then to actually find him? Right? I mean, are you expecting to find him when you go looking for him? And if you do expect to find him, but if you, you'll find him, but if you buy into the lie that it's difficult or he doesn't always respond to me or I just seem to have a block where I just can't hear from God or can't find him, he's in the house somewhere, I just can't locate him, right? We're in the woods playing hide and go seek and he's in the best hiding spot there is and I just can't find him. You're eventually gonna, you know, say, okay, enough's enough and you're gonna quit looking, Right? But you gotta have, you gotta know these are these are basic things. Think about it. The eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth, looking for those that He can show Himself strong, Himself strong on behalf of those whose hearts are loyal to Him. Think about that. God is looking for opportunities to 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 reveal Himself and to be Himself with us. He's look. Are you out there? He's looking for for in, for you. He's looking for that for you and your life. I mean, God is looking for an opportunity, and I believe he continually comes back to us. And, and at times where maybe today my heart really isn't pursuing, but he's so faithful, he comes back tomorrow and the next day and the next day and the next day looking to see if I'll just make that adjustment in my heart where I'm, where I'm actually really looking for him. My heart is loyal. I actually trust that what I'm actually doing will work. I'm having come. No, no, so you're not trying to make anything happen. You just trust that God will do what he says. Really, it's a character I- issue with us. Do, on our part, do we believe that God is who he says he is? Do we really trust that God will do what he said he will do? I'm here to tell you tonight, he'll do exactly what he said. He, he will do that for you. He will respond. But like I said, seeking him should be the thing that's first place. Even, even godly things come second to seeking him. Even God, good godly things, things that, we can say this, even things that Jesus paid for should be second to seeking Jesus, to pursuing him. Things that God has made available, those should be second place to actually God, the God who made them available. And the only reason I'm saying this is because it's so easy to, to, to fall into a trap where we settle for pursuing second best and and. And, and we miss out on the full benefit of what God has for us. Yes, he wants you to have those things. He just wants you to pursue him first. And he's, he's looking for opportunities to pour those things out on us. Amen? Seeking God is so important. You know, the word, the word uh, 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 you know, seek isn't a present, it's a present tense word. It's a word, it's not a past tense. It denotes action, something that is not passive, it's aggressive. You know, your walk with God can be and should be aggressive, right? Aggressive. You, you have every right to be, and it's, it's, it's healthy for you to be, I don't even know how the right way to say it, 
Aggressive is about the only way I can say it, uh, you know, towards him and pursuing him to where you are. Not that he's trying to keep something from you, but your heart is such that you want it so bad that you will, you will pursue actively what he has for you. you. And pursue, not what he has for you, let me correctly say that, pursue him, right? Even, even the plan of God is second place to, hit, to him. Pursuing him is first even over the plan of God in your life. Pursuing him is number one, Amen. It denotes a wholeheartedness in finding what you're looking for. You know, I, I thank God this doesn't happen, happen as much as it used to, but uh, when my kids were younger, we had a problem, uh, or they had a problem of losing the remote in the house. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I mean, the remote would just, it was here two seconds ago, and then suddenly, I mean, it's disappeared from the planet somehow, right? And so I come home from work, and, and you know, the worst thing, Dora the Explorer is on, and, and the volume is set on, you know, 60 or something, and, and the walls are reverberating, Dora the Explorer, you know, or I don't even know what they want. The cartoons are, have gotten terrible. I don't know if y'all can, can, can I get an amen in the church house? I mean, they're, what happened in the good old days of Bugs Bunny when they used to blow each other up, right? But, um. I mean, these, all these emotional, talk your feelings, cartoons. Give me a break. It's a cartoon. You should be hurting each other. But anyway, you know, come home and, and, and you got some stupid cartoon on and they're having some crazy dialogue about something. And, and I've been at the office all day. The last thing I want to do is listen to Teen Titan Go or, or is, that, is that one of the ones you, what? Steven Universe. I don't even know what that one is. That's, that's probably, probably really bad. But anyway, you know, it, it's like. In our house, SpongeBob just played constantly. <laughs> you know, ah! And so I come home, and, and I want to find the remote, and, 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 and suddenly the remote has been lost. And, I, and I'm, I don't know about you, but I'm like, I didn't lose it. When I left, the remote was sitting right here. I come home, you guys have had this luxury of this television that we paid for. You lost the remote. You find the remote. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Maybe other parents out there that they get, get a little agitated with this stuff, right? I mean, and, and, and I, you know, Travis back there, and your kid's little. You've got it coming in waves. You've got another one coming on the way. So, um, you know, you, you're, 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 I say, man, kids, you've got to go find this. Thankful they don't do this as much anymore. They're getting better. But, you know, find this remote, and they do that half-hearted seeking, right? I've got all kinds of, and I just want to apologize, you know, for... For my brother, uh, he just is a terrible seeker. I was diligent, man. I mean, I lost something in 1983. I just quit looking for it yesterday. But anyway, um, Steve just never cared. He's just not a good kid. But anyway, they, they do that half-hearted look, right? Where they look in all the super obvious places that you can already see, right? Well, it's not on the counter, well, duh, I'm standing next to the counter. It's obviously not next to the counter, right? Well, it's not. I mean, you, you know what I'm talking about. And you get the, and, and some of the things that sometimes you just, you just got to pray in the Holy Ghost not to kill somebody because the answer is so dumb, right? Well, it's not here. Oh, God, no, it's not there. You know, you just want to. But really, we do that with the Lord on things to where we're, our seeking for him is looking in all of the obvious places that we think are obvious, and really they're only obvious because they're convenient for us. The places they look for the remote are places that are obvious only because they don't want to put forth the effort to look someplace else, Right? Maybe it's in the cushion. Maybe it's under the chair. Maybe it's in the attic. Maybe you buried it in the yard. I don't know where it is, but look there, right? 
It has ended up in the weirdest place. How did it end up in that cabinet in the kitchen? I, what are you doing? And they said, Amy. But anyway, I don't know. I don't know. But we say, seek the Lord. I'll just tell you, I've been guilty of times of being lazy in my looking. I'm calling it seeking, but really it's just, it's really a lazy, half-hearted attempt. And it's not fair for me to say God isn't there or he's not responding if I'm not really looking. Just like when they say, well, it's not here. It's obviously somewhere. It didn't just spontaneously combust, spontaneously combust and just, it's here somewhere. But if it's really something that you want, you will look for it. And it's not that God is, God hides things from us in the couch, but we oftentimes put things in the, in the, in the cushions, Right? We, we make decisions and we set priorities that, you know, look, a lot of times it's not that you don't want him. It's just putting something else in a higher priority. In a higher place means he's not where he should be and he'll end up in places he ought not be. Right? Underneath this, in the corner of that. Right? And you, and, and, and you say, well, I'm seeking God, but, but if it's half-hearted, you're not really looking for him. Right now, it's not that it's this, um, it's this magical. You got to do certain things, but you all know what I'm talking about. When you really want to find something, you find it right. Even in the natural, when you really want to find something, because when I want to find the remote, I, it's amazing. I always find the remote and I wasn't even home and I always find the remote. Right. I don't know where, and I didn't even put it where it is. I always find it. When you really want, if you're really serious about something, you know in your personal life, you always find it, right? But a lot of times, you know, what it is, is like I said, it's, it's, it's just not really a willingness to do what's necessary. And it's not necessary on his end. It's always the necessary things on our end. Because his eyes are running to and fro. And like I said, the first place to start is getting to the place where you begin to expect him to respond when you look for him, right? That you actually respond. I like, you know, Steve and I were talking this week and, and he was, we were talking about something he had said the other day. He just woke up, you know, and just, uh, you know, opened his arms wide, lay in bed before he even did anything. He said, I don't even know what he said, Jesus or something, here I am, or I love you, or, you know, what do you have for me? And, and you know, he said, you know, some people might think that's weird, to do, that's the first thing you do. Don't even get out of bed. Just throw your arms up. And he was real dramatic about it. I just threw my arms up this morning, you know. And, and, and uh, uh, it's, only weird. It's, oh, it, it, it's only weird if you think that it won't do anything. It's only odd if you don't really believe he'll respond to you. If I were to do that to Buddha, that would be weird because I don't believe he's going to do anything. Right? I mean, if, if I have that response to something else that I don't really think that, there, that it's there to respond to me, well, that would be ridiculous. But God's looking for an opportunity to respond. Amen. He's looking for an opportunity to respond. I will say this. You can't be easily distracted from, from, you can't be easily distracted from things or endeavors that are in your heart. If something's really in your heart, you can't be that easily distracted. And, I, and I'll just say this, and like I said, I'm talking to myself, that if in my pursuit of him and my seeking him, if I'm easily distracted, that means it's not really on my heart at that moment. Right? That might be a little painful at times, but, but you know, if, if, if the word isn't working for us, 
And that's almost, I almost hate even saying that if the word isn't working for us. If the results aren't there, it's because we really aren't looking for the results. Our hearts aren't in it. I mean, I've become distracted over, over about things in, in my walk with God. Just gotten distracted and, and other things got in the way and other things became more important. That's because I really wasn't expecting a response. It really wasn't something that was, uh, that was that important to me, right? Anybody else, can you relate to that? And so, you know, I believe if we're going to move forward, we've got to be serious about this stuff and not from, a, from a, a harshness on ourselves, but to evaluate where we're at, what's happening, and what's not happening. And, and, if, and if you're not finding him, I would say you're not really seeking him. But the good news is the moment you really look for him, and, and we'll talk about what does that mean in a minute. When you really are, are, are looking for him, you will absolutely find him. So maybe you say, we're in revival. I don't get it, Pastor Greg. We've been in revival. We keep hearing the, I don't really get it. Well, you can. You can if you believe that he'll respond to you. If you actually trust that he'll respond to you, amen? Uh, diligently seek, just as to search out, investigate, to inquire, to seek after, or to seek after, or, or to seek out carefully. To investigate, to inquire. You know, God is okay with your questions. Something one minister said, you know, he, he said this, and it's, 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 uh, it's so good. He said, don't let questions interrupt your fellowship. Don't let a question interrupt your fellowship. There are some things that maybe you don't understand. That's okay. Don't let that question interrupt your fellowship. Go to him with the question. But go to him expecting an answer to your question, right? Have you ever had a question about something from the Lord and that caused you to, to be a little unsure in your approach with him or to interrupt? You're just not as willing to go towards him. It could, be, it could be a question about anything. Don't let a question interrupt your fellowship. That diligent is just constant in effort. Uh, 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 it's constant in effort to accomplish something. It's attentive and persistent. Remember talking about being aggressive. It's persistent in doing anything. Done, uh, something that's uh, done or pursued with persevering attention. The word seek is to go, in, uh, to go in search or request of, to try to find by searching or questioning. Notice searching or questioning is to seek. Asking questions is okay. Some of the best breakthrough I've had in my walk with God is just, hey, Lord, what's up with this? But I got to the place I actually expected an answer. Sometimes it came in a service where pastor minister or something answered the question. I had somebody say to me, you know, uh, 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 well, you ought to expect that. You ought to expect that. If you don't expect having questions answered when you come to church, you probably ought to up your expectation, Right? Because the minute you do, you'll start having some questions answered. The Holy Ghost is good like that. He can even take something that somebody's talking about, not even related to your situation, and suddenly it's said in a way that just answered something that you, that's not even what they were talking about. I've had that happen numerous times. You ask, right? It's uh, 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 to go in search or request of, to, fi- to try to find by searching or questioning, to go to, go to just simply going to God. I know this is basic, but we overcomplicate these things. Seeking him is not difficult. It's just going to him. It's just going to God. It's just saying, you know what? I'm not going to go to this, my own analysis of something or my own opinion of something, but I'm just going to go to him on something. 
But you know, you can't, you can only really go to him if you're open to what he's got to say, right? I mean, going to him, expecting him to answer a certain way, that's not really going to him. That's going to your opinion of him, right? And that just doesn't work. So what do we seek? We seek him. Yes. We go after him. Yes. I know this is deep tonight, but you know, seeking, seeking him is actually going after, you realize he's an individual, right? You, you guys understand that. He's an individual with a personality and a way of doing things and a way of saying things. And, and he's, he, he's, he's, he, he, he's an individual. Even that alone, it's not a theory or an idea. He's an individual. I mean, this is all renewing your mind stuff and, and, and thinking correctly. It, this is not him. It's his word. And you ought to love it and go after it. But what I'm saying is, I think sometimes we even, we even take this and we create an altar out of something we shouldn't be creating an altar out of. Y'all still love me, right? That's why you can open your Bible and get nothing out of it. I, I know no one here has ever done that before. Open and you start reading and after about 10 minutes you have no idea what you just read but you thought of like a hundred things in the fridge that got to be thrown out before, you know, because they expired yesterday. You know what I'm talking about? Come on now, right? (laughs) They're most random. And suddenly you have a desire to mow the yard. You hate mowing the yard, but I got to mow the yard, right? (laughs) This is to point to, this is the, this is his word, but this is a tool you use to actually get to know him, right? We're to seek him. He's an individual, his ways, his desires, his will, his approval, they're all included in that. I mean, think about that tomorrow getting up and, and just say, Lord, I want your approval today. I mean, you know, you, just being real. Lord, I want to know your, what you desire. To, what, do you do, what do you desire to do in my life today? What do you desire to do? I just want what you want. You're, you're seeking after him. Now, a lot of times that requires when you're wrong, you make adjustments. When you're right, you keep on trucking regardless of what anybody else says. Right? To really look for something, you've got to be willing to find it. <laughs> and if you're not willing to make adjustments, then you're not really looking for him. Well, that's true. It's a little bonus. Go to Genesis chapter 15. Genesis the 15th chapter. We're almost done. I've talked for 34 minutes. Genesis 15. Genesis 15, it says that in verse 1. It says, After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abraham and Abram in a vision, saying, Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your exceedingly great reward. He said, I am your shield, your exceedingly great reward. You know, a lot of this is just small tweaks to how we look at him and view him. And how we look at him and view him determines how we approach him, right? I mean, how, how you view anybody affects how you approach him, right? And it affects what you receive from the interaction you have with him. He said here, he said, you know, I'm your shield, your exceedingly great reward, now, this, like I said, it may seem like a small thing, but, but it really is a huge thing. And some people might say it's even semantics, but it's not. The things that God does for us, those are not our exceeding great rewards. They're not. 
They're good things. They're wonderful things. They're things that he wants us to have and experience, so much so that he sent Jesus to die for them. I mean, that's commitment. I mean, that, that is absolute commitment and absolute uh, uh, complete giving over to you having something. That, that's somebody making a decision. I want you to have this, and that's putting a stamp on it. There's nothing I want more. I want you to have these things. But it's not the same. Desiring the things is not the same as desiring him. He told Abraham, or Abram, I will be, or I am your exceedingly, or your exceedingly great reward. See, when you make him your pursuit, just a lot of it goes back to just simply fellowship with him. When you make him your his, him your pursuit, all of those things come with it. You know, this thing in today, the story of uh, uh, when they when the disciples were called, um, you know, they're they're out on the on the the Peter and the guys. Peter and the boys are out, you know, uh, fishing in the boat and have had a long day. And, and uh, Jesus called to him, you know, I, he was uh, ministering to the crowd, to the multitude, and he needed a platform. And so they just simply got Jesus in their boat with them. And, and based on where they were, they just got Jesus in their life. And, and they, they just wanted him with them and, and wanted to do what he said. I mean, you know, and so you know the story. He began to, he ministered, and when it was all said and done, he said, you know, he said to cast your net over here. And they said, well, hey, listen. We've been doing this all day, and, and we haven't caught anything. Basically, these are professionals. They're not like me fishing. If I say I didn't catch anything, it's just because I don't know what I'm doing, right? But, but if, a prof- if Captain Kirby says there's no fish, well, you, right, or if there's nothing to catch here, you know he knows what he's talking about. I mean, he's not a, he's not a part-time, free-time, anybody else. My patience level fishing is not great, you know. Put it in, there's no bite, put it in, no bite. Okay, let's go. I mean, that's... <laughs> That's why I like to fly fish because it's not about really, I don't know this because I've never actually caught much of anything fly fishing, but I say it's not about catching. It's more about the casting. Maybe if I caught something, it'd be less about the casting. It'd be more about the catching, but at least it keeps me busy because I get, I get distracted <laughs> really easy or frustrated and want to fish with dynamite. I know that's not legal. So uh, <laughs> y'all have thought about that too. But anyway, so if I say there's no fish, that doesn't mean there's no fish. I just don't know how to get it to bite. I don't know how to locate it. I mean, they're going to be there. But if somebody who's got expertise and does this sort of thing says there's no fish, well, there's, there's probably no fish. You know, Jesus wasn't a fisherman. He was a carpenter by trade. He, he was raised a, a carpenter, if you didn't know that. And he was not a fisherman. He can make some great furniture, but he was not known for his fishing skills. He said, put your net down here. He said, listen, as respectful as I can, there are no fish here. We've been doing this all day. If there had been fish, we'd have caught those fish. But even in situations where there is no answer, just having Jesus, having close fellowship with him will overcome where there seems to be no answer. So you can seek the fish and the answer all day. Just get Jesus in your boat, right? Just get, seek him, go after him. Go after his desires. Go after his will. What do you want to do? Let him, and like I said, you have an honest, he was a fisherman. He needed to feed his family. The other guys needed to do it. They needed to pay the bills, right? I mean, it was a very real need. But he said, listen, put it down. And listen, if, when you develop that relationship and you're used to seeking him, even when it doesn't make sense, obedience just flows out of that. I don't know about you, but, but the times where I've ha- had a tr- problem obeying in an area is because I've not been seeking him. Maybe that's just me. 
where my heart's not been pursuing him in general, that's when I have problems obeying. But when I'm, when I'm pursuing him, it's easy to obey, even when it doesn't make sense. Because when you're with him, when you're actually seeking him and, and you're finding him, because remember, he always responds when you seek. He always answers when you knock he, or opens when you knock. He always responds when, when, you, when, you, when you're doing that. Isn't it so easy to quit looking when you know those things and get distracted by other stuff? But when you're pursuing him, when, he, when you don't have a problem obeying. And Peter said, listen, he said, we've been fishing all day, but nevertheless, at your word, I'll do it. Right? At your word, I'll do it. Nevertheless, I'm just telling you, I'm the pro. And there are no fish here, but because you said do it. You know, Jesus didn't reprimand him for saying, how dare you tell me there's no fish here. You know, when you're, when you're seeking him, you can actually be you. Sometimes we, we don't, we're not really looking for him because we're not really, we're not really searching him. Somebody that looks like us is searching for him. You know what I mean? Somebody we think that he'll respond to. Somebody that says things in a way that we think he'll respond. Y'all know what I'm, can anybody see what I'm talking about? Oh, blessed father. How many know that, that if I talk, if I go to God that way, he ain't listening to that because that is not Greg Anderson, right? You got to be you. He's okay with you being you, right? But then he, he, they simply obeyed, filled their boats. All that stuff was taken care of. I'm sure Peter's probably kicking himself. We should, boys, we should have stayed in until he got in the boat and not wasted our time all day, right? Getting sunstroke, you know, we could have, we could have gone back, you know, sipping some Kool-Aid or something and taking it easy and then get him in the boat and then do what he has to do. Listen, don't wear yourself out. It's a, it's, you know, it's a vicious cycle seeking after other things because they just wear you out. It just wears you out. And then you don't have the, it seems like you don't have the strength to go after what he's, what he's wanting you to do, amen, to, to go after him. Jeremiah 19, I'll read this to you. We'll close with this. Two scriptures, I'll read them to you. Jeremiah 29, the 13th verse, it says, And you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. With all your heart. I mean, this, it means it's not something that's just a, a half-hearted deal. Like looking for that remote, it's, a, it's, it's got, it's got your, your hearts involved in it. Like I said, other thing, understand what I'm saying? Other things are valid. It's just what's primary and first, right? I love the living Bible of that. It says, you will find me when you seek me if you look for me in earnest. If you look for me in earnest, right? Hebrews, the 10th chapter, verse 35. We'll stop. We'll close with this in Hebrews 10, 35. And I'll say this, you know, if, you're, if you've been doing this, Keep after it. Keep after it. Don't just look in, the, in one cushion. Look in the next cushion if you have to, right? Hebrews 10, 35 says, Therefore, do not cast away your confidence, which has what? Great reward. And the, the living Bible of that says, Don't let this happy trust in the Lord die away. No matter what happens, remember your reward. I'm going to read that again. Don't let this happy trust in the Lord die away. No matter what happens, remember your reward. No matter what happens, remember your reward. No matter how many cushions you look in, remember your reward. No matter how odd places you're looking, remember your reward. Remember that he's looking for an opportunity to respond to you, right? 
And he will respond to those whose hearts are loyal to him. Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.